Welcome to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter, the number one podcast for the number one crowdfunding platform, Kickstarter. And now, here's your host, Richard Bliss. Welcome to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter. You're listening to episode 189. My guest was just on the show. Uh, she had a project that I thought was very interesting in the game category, and I was not wrong. I love it when I'm not wrong. And uh, what I mean by that is, is that um, I got hold of her and we had uh, a conversation on the day she launched her first Kickstarter campaign. It is on track to break $100,000. I know I keep saying that and she keeps um, telling me that maybe, but I think it's going to happen. I have Cynthia Landon from Meeple Source with her project Character Meeples, and she's come back to join me on the show. Cynthia, thanks for being here. Thank you, Richard. Well, we talked a couple weeks ago, and that was the day, it was the day you launched, right? Yes, it was. And uh, you were all excited because that thing just took off almost on day one. It just started going like gangbusters, didn't it? How long did it take you? Do you recall how long it took you to, to reach your funding goal? It was about on day four or so, I, I believe. Yep. So it was a little bit of a, we, I'll use a relative term, slow start, um, but it was. That was pretty fast for you to reach your funding goal. You gave yourself 27 days and bam, you hit it in four days. But then um, the reason I've had you back on the show is because as we've been watching this project, it it has shown some uncharacteristic behavior to a, a norm, normal is not the right word, but a traditional Kickstarter campaign. You've got these series of bumps, these humps, these spikes that keep happening in your campaign. You'll be sliding down and then boom, you'll have this number. I wanted to talk about that specifically. You have done some things that have driven attention to your project by leveraging other people's networks. So and hang on, I realized not all of our listeners are up to speed. They didn't listen two episodes ago. Shame on them. They should have done that. But we need, I guess we need to bring people up to what, what in the world is your project. So give our listeners a quick rundown on what your project is. Sure. We are doing a project to create 50 or more, and now we're up to about 100 actually because of our stretch goals, but 50 or more character meeples, which are meeples of full-color multicolor painting on them that makes them into characters. So you can have, you know, Vikings, pirates, ninjas, that type of thing. And we already had done about 40 over the past three years on our website, but we had so many requests for new ones that we decided to do a Kickstarter campaign to do hopefully the 50 and more in the stretch goals. And now we've been blowing through the stretch goals. We're now at a hundred or more characters and we're, Keep going. <laughs> you keep going. So let's and let's explain. In the gaming industry, the term meeple is very common, but outside board game board gamers, meeple is a very foreign term. I, I spoke with a friend of mine. I, I gave them a copy of Kids of Carcassonne, and explained these meeples, but the children didn't understand that word, so they converted it to a word they did know, and they refer to those pieces as meatballs. So they play with their <laughs> meatballs um, on Kids of Carcassonne. Tell our listeners what is a meeple for those who maybe aren't familiar with the term. Well, there's some disagreement in the gaming community about what it is exactly, but in my opinion, it is any piece that represents your person or your group of people that you have in a game, the workers. Some people also use it to you know, represent any kind of wooden bit on the board, uh, but I think any kind of pawn Wow. Perfect. So, for example, if for our traditional <laughs> listeners, um, tr 
traditional listeners. For if example, if I was playing Clue and I was Miss Scarlet, rather than just the red token that I move around on the board, you have created well, in this case, no, but I could actually substitute that red token for one of your little wooden are they wooden, right? Little yes, they're wooden, wooden. Little yes. wooden painted piece, and I could move Miss Scarlet around, and it would look like a character, right? Yes, exactly. There we go. So that is what meeples are, is the replacement of that token that you use to move around the board. So let's take it even more simple. If I was playing Sorry, and in Sorry I have four yellow pieces, and, and there's four green and four red and four blue, I could purchase a set of four werewolves from you and then I would move around on the game of sorry with werewolves and somebody else would be moving around with princesses and somebody else would be moving around with knights and that type of thing. That's what you've exactly. done. Exactly. It just adds a lot more personality and fun to a lot of your favorite games. It does. And and now for our tradition now for our regular listeners uh, who are gamers, now they can see you've not just done generic people here. You've actually uh, done some partnerships that have allowed you to Kind of, and this is what I was talking about, these spikes. So you're, you're offering, for example, if they go to your Kickstarter page, uh, Character Meeples, what are some of the tie-ins? I guess it's product tie-in, game tie-ins that you've done with your Meeples. Well, we actually have a whole bunch of them, so I'd be afraid to leave anybody out. But This uh, is not the Academy <laughs> Awards, okay? Don't, <laughs> just uh, some that people maybe are aware of. Our first one was uh, through our friend Ted Alsbach. He does Ultimate Werewolf, so we made an Ultimate Werewolf. Ted has been um, on the show, my show. Ted uh, lives here in the San Francisco Bay Area where I live, has been by the house and uh, joined me on the show. So uh, very familiar with Ted. And so he's got that game, which he put on Kickstarter, called Ult- Ultimate Werewolf. And so how did, you, how did you do that? What was it that you did exactly with Ted? Well, with Ted, uh, since I knew him personally, I just sent him an email and said, hey, I was thinking we'd make an Ultimate Werewolf Evil and you know your people might be interested in that. So instead of just asking him to, hey Ted, you're my friends, will you please tell all your Kickstarter people about my Kickstarter that's totally unrelated? <laughs> you know, I, I figured I would try to think of something that I can give them that would, I mean, not give them. They still have to pledge to get it, but you know, something to give them to be interested in, something specifically, not just you know begging for people to to promote our project. So. Uh, Ted probably would have promoted our project anyway, because he's awesome. <laughs> but I wanted to give something back too, so we made a piece. Um, he promoted us all as people, and you know we got new backers that way. So from then on, we had a variety of different agreements and arrangements with various people. That, you know, a lot of them were different from each other, but we have Tiny Epic Kingdoms from Gambling Games, were where they uh, have a much bigger set. They have uh, 16 pieces, actually, and you need seven of each of the 16 to play their game with our pieces. So it's a very large set, and we did a license agreement with them to have officially licensed pieces. We did some other single pieces, for example, Dr. Lucky from Cheap Ass Games. Uh, we did Mad Meeple from Mad Meeple Podcast. We did a Miniature Market Man, a superhero Miniature Market has helped us to promote the project as well, and they're actually giving a free Miniature Market Man to every single backer that's actually getting something shipped. So it wouldn't count for the people just pledging on the dollar level, but all of the other levels would get a free Miniature Market meeple courtesy of them. Same thing for actually the BGG piece. We made a Board Game Geek Ernie piece that 
everyone will get a free one. And just as of yesterday, Tasty Minstrel Games has let us make their Dargon, and they're actually giving a piece to everyone as well. So we're already up to three free pieces to every backer, all the way down to the the nine dollar level, and uh, that's really awesome. So yeah, have- it is really <laughs> awesome. And and um, so what's happened here, and the, and the reason this is one reason I had you on the show was because. Um, so many Kickstarter project owners, they're going along and they're thinking, how can I get more exposure? And they start blasting emails out and they start running ads and they start doing these different things. But one thing that you can think about is these partnerships where your product is complementary to somebody else's product and figuring out how to make them work together because it's, it's worked out very nicely for you because now – from my understanding is that, okay, the Kickstarter project's going like gangbusters. I, I, I continue to predict that it's going to hit about 120000 I have since day one so that everybody knows that I'm on record. And you're trending on KickTrack. Um, the, all indicators are you're going to come in between 110 and 120. You're sitting, I think it's, what is it, 77? Yes, right that's yeah. correct. Um, so if somebody has a Kickstarter project and they want to make it work, Here's one way to integrate it. But what you've now discovered is that this momentum is now starting to spill over into your business just outside of Kickstarter, right? Yes, that's correct. You know, we've had a lot of people ask us about a piece for to be included in this project, but there's a lot of companies that have written me about making custom pieces for their games that are coming out either on Kickstarter or outside of Kickstarter over the coming months. And we're going to be working with them, hopefully, <laughs> to, to make that happen. So it's definitely increased our business overall. Also, it's increased our business to our website because a lot of these people had never heard of us before. So it's been nice because the money that we've been putting and the time that we've been putting into advertising our Kickstarter project, because we already had a website that sold other products, we've been able to really capitalize on that and kind of get double bang for our buck or effort or depending on the situation, but we've been able to get double really because we're getting extra business on our outside of Kickstarter uh, area as well as inside the project where it's most obvious to everybody. That brings up a really valid point of of why Kickstarter. For example, if I had walked up to you and said, Cynthia, here's a $100,000 loan for you to build out all of these meeples that you can start selling – uh, you would have still had the money, but what you would what you would have lacked is what Kickstarter has given you is this momentum exposure and this buzz that's going on in the board gaming community. And right. sometimes I think people forget uh, that that when you get ready to do that Kickstarter, think about the wider implications of using Kickstarter as a platform to get your message out there, not just to promote your product. And you guys have done a great job for that. Well, we've been trying. It's been a lot of work. (laughs) I haven't got much sleep in the past two weeks, that's for sure, but it's been worth it. So we're trying to just take advantage of every day, you know, the dead zone or... Right. Let's talk about that dead zone. Because you reached out to me, um, there was a little bit of concern uh, about this dead zone that you had entered (laughs) into, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't seem to have the concern. Somebody who will remain nameless, basically your brother. I didn't name him his name, but... uh, Yes. Right, he was growing a little bit of concern about this dead zone, thinking, "Hey, let's shorten the. T- we should have shortened the time period because yes. we had this dead zone." And one of the things I pointed out to you is that your dead zone is completely relative, right? Yes. Your dead zone has been going um, 
just so people know what we're talking about in the dead zone. In most Kickstarter campaigns, you have this spike at the beginning, this long, gradual decline, and then a spike at the end. And in that decline in the middle is what we refer to as the dead zone. Um, you're making all your money up front, making all your money at the end. Why extend out that dead zone? And there's been a lot of debate about that. How long should you run a Kickstarter campaign? You chose to run yours 27 days. I've seen more and more of the board gamers creeping out to 40 to 45 days because that dead zone is like, well, if you can get all that money in the beginning and the end, hey, let's get rid of that. Let's cut out all this extra work. <laughs> but your dead zone is relative because when we look at it, and I'm looking at it right now on KickTrack, you know, you're averaging three to f- two, $2,500 to $3,500 a day in your dead zone where some people would just die you know, to get that money, uh, that kind of money over a couple of day period for their entire project. Yes. Well, I've been, I've been working really hard to make sure that, like you've mentioned before, trying to get somebody mentioning it, somebody talking about it, helping you to promote it every day. And I don't know, I haven't been keeping track of if it's been every single day, but I think it has been in general. I definitely make an effort to make multiple contacts every day that are actively pursuing that, you know, to get this project promoted you know, tomorrow or the next day. And so I've been doing that pretty much around the clock since two weeks before we launched. And, uh, you know, it seems to have paid off. I, I don't know what we would be getting naturally if we just sat back and did nothing, but I think it would be a lot less than this because we're pretty, we're pretty actively pursuing it. And not only that, but we're engaging the people on our website. We have a unique opportunity to kind of change on the fly so we can put something out for a vote and then find out what people say. And then the next day we could do some art for it and then throw it up there and show them and see what they, if they like it. And it's kept the number of comments, the number of interest in our updates and, and in the comments on our page really high. And I think that helps just to keep us in people's mind. Yeah. You had 282 comments yesterday. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's that's a a lot of activity, but you bring up an interesting point, this idea of change. What would you have changed now that you're, this is your first Kickstarter. You did a lot of research beforehand. You've now gone in a couple of weeks. It's gone fantastically successful. I mean, you're the envy of anybody listening right now, but what would you have done different? What did you go? Oh man, that we should have really made a change there. Is there anything that jumps out at you? Well, I can say that we probably should have thought a little bit more ahead of time about the collecting of the information at the end. I'm sure we'll be fine and we're working on the best way to make it easiest on people, but because our project is really complex, it probably would have been better if we would have completely, you know, designed the whole system before the project. But the truth is we didn't know it was going to get this big. I, I thought there was maybe a chance we might have to beg people at the end to help us even fund. Obviously we were totally wrong about that, but we didn't know how complex and every week that, you know, every day and every week that goes by, it's adding to the complexity by adding more characters. But I'd say at the moment right now, that's the only thing that stands out to me because everything else, I really felt like I was pretty prepared after reading and listening to your show and reading Jamie's blog, (laughs) every page of it. I think we did a lot of things right Chris has said that he wishes he had cut the days, the days shorter uh, because of the dead zone days. But I disagree um, because I feel like those days are really valuable to have. Even even if you have a slow day, 
you can take that time to, you know, thank your backers personally to see how you can engage them and also to reach out to these, in our case at least, to reach out to these other companies to see what can we do for you to have you help us promote our project? You know, what can we do for each other? And that all takes time. That all, that all really takes time. So I feel like I've been using those days in the middle, even when it didn't show up you know, as, as a really huge day, I was still busy doing stuff that would show up on future days. And, and I don't feel like I would like to cut it shorter, but oh, I guess Chris that's knows who, we'll have to talk about. <laughs> I guess Chris knows who's the boss now, huh? Oh, no, no. Well, we can't change this, this project. You know, once you set your number of days, you're stuck with it. That's right. At least it, it seems to be. So, and, and we're, and we're fine with that, but we'll, we'll probably discuss the pros and cons. It also depends on what kind of project we do in the future, whether those extra days will be. And so in, valuable to us. And in the future, um, I assume that you have another Kickstarter project waiting in the wings as soon as this one wraps up and is ready to go, right? <laughs> we don't have it waiting in the wings. I know that we've talked about it and we definitely want to do another project in the future after we get all these uh, meeples out to people. We definitely want to focus on, on that. But we have a lot of things that Meeple Source has wanted to do over the years that we haven't been able to do. And we really see now how Kickstarter can really help us achieve those various projects. All right. Well, Cynthia, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. This has been awesome. You have been listening to uh, Cynthia Landon. She's with Meeple Source. Her project is Character Meeples. It has nine days to go. It ends on February 18th. So if you're listening to this episode after February 18th, you can go to meeplesource.com. Still take advantage of it's, all the cool things. What? It's. I'm sorry. I just wanted to correct it. It's actually the 16th is when it ends. 16th. Oh, okay. 16th. So if you're listening to this after the 16th, go to meeplesource.com and uh, you can then go and actually just purchase some of these meeples that have been made available. Cynthia, this has been great. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, watching the success of your project, and we will certainly have to have you back after you fulfill all those thousands of orders <laughs> and, and let us know how that went. I will. Okay. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to uh, all of you. Uh, great to have you here on the show with us as uh, we join you in your commute, your work as you go about your uh, lives. We certainly appreciate you have making us, making us a part of that. You've been listening to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter. I'm Richard Bliss. Thanks for listening. Take care. <laughs>